Welcome to episode 106 of Scar Bearers. I'm Chris D.T. Gordon. It is, as always, a blessing to have you here with me today. And helping me out are Nate and Britton Barron. If you want them to help you on your technological gifts and projects, reach out to them at Nate Barron. Well, folks, it is springtime, but you know that doesn't mean there's not any dark seasons around us. And for those people who might need some added gratitude, positivity, and resilience, please reach out to me at chrisdtgordon.com. We can start up a conversation where I can share the attitude of gratitude with your students, with your military personnel, or you. If you would like the conversation to start and get, get it going, reach out to me at chrisdtgordon.com. Well, folks, I'm joined by a friend of mine, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Carrie Tellefson, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Chris. You are actually on my podcast this week. I know. I'm so excited. It, it's been, a, you know, I've been looking forward to talking with you, and I'm glad we we're able to connect then. And so that's going to be a lot of fun for me to share with my audience. Yeah. I mean, so, it's always fun to meet new friends and, and to connect through the running world. And so here we are. Yes, yes. And so you and I actually have a lot in common. We both live in Minnesota. You live in the cities. I live in New Ulm. We both have sons who were born on February 1st. Oh, very yeah, cool. So happy belated birthday to Greer. Yes. yes. How old and is my, your little guy? Uh, Josh turned 13. So okay. he's about this little. He's a uh, Almost my height. Yeah. And Greer just turned six. So he is a little guy still. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so fun. It's, it's really cool. And so, uh, you know, we're both connected that way. We both are, you know, we love our kids. And something that I also noticed is kind of a back burner kind of thing. But you mentioned before, we're both runners. Mm -hmm. And however, we, our experiences differ a little bit because my one of my shining experiences was finishing first in the New Ulm Bavarian Blast 10K. However, you perform on a slightly larger uh, stage. Would you mind talking about that for a little bit? Yeah, no problem. But you know, I think it, it doesn't really matter how fast your legs go. Once you're a runner, you're always a runner, and it's a great community to be in. But um, yeah, I did. I started running when I was little, and um you know won some state championships and then went on to villanova university and won some ncaa championships and then i went on to become a pro and ran the olympics in 04 and continued to train and race um, with some ups and downs after that and i actually like i don't know if i've ever said i'm retired but yeah. i stopped racing competitively um right around 2012. Okay. And I still run, I still, you know, will jump in a race, but mm -hmm. I don't put any pressure on myself anymore. Cause there's, I have no business putting pressure on myself anymore. <laughs> the way I train, I just get it done when I can and lots of days off in between. And yeah, it's just been a wonderful journey in the sport. That, that's a fantastic mindset to have because the, it's so easy to say, well, you know what? I can still run, you know, at X speed or, you know, do that race at X, you know, in X time, but life happens mm -hmm. and you have to, ex you know, at a certain point, you have to accept where you're at at a certain time. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think for me, I got a lot out of myself. I took, you know, all of those years to mentally prepare, physically prepare. And, and now my, my life is my, my family, my kiddos, my job, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things going on. And so many people say, I can't relate to you because you're an Olympic athlete. Well, I think more people now understand that they can relate even more so because I live this life of, you know, sort of like a privileged athlete for years where I just, I trained, I took naps, I got body work done, I did all these things. And now I'm learning how to actually, you know, prioritize my other, the other side of my life before mm -hmm. my run. And so a lot of people are giving me that advice now on how to get it done when you have all <laughs> these other things that take your energy or, or take your, you know, your heart. You know, I, I never really loved something like I loved running until I met my husband. I mean, obviously my mom and dad and my sisters, yeah. but when I found my passion in life, it was, it was different. And then all of a sudden I found another passion through Charlie and then my children. And so it was, it's just, it's still been, you know, I mean, evolving every day, but I'm trying to figure out where that run fits in my life because it still makes my heart, you know, go fast when I think of it. So yeah. Yeah. Life is changing, but it's all good. Yes. And I, I think the ability to adapt and to modify your lifestyle and still fit running in is key because I don't know about you. When I don't run, I get grumpy. And when I get <laughs> grumpy, everyone else gets grumpy at me for being grumpy. Yep. And Charlie will say a lot of times, did you get a run in or maybe you need to go run? <laughs> so I hear you. So really quick, uh, before I get to the Olympics, I want to just ask you, what is your, what has been your favorite race or run that you've done recently? Well, I just ran, my last race was the Twin Cities Marathon and I was um, the first mather, master's woman and I was eighth overall. And like awesome. I said, I had no pressure on myself. I was out there waving to everyone and it, the monkey and, or the piano, whatever you like to say, jumped on the back <laughs> at mile 18, like pretty early on actually, but I love that race just because so many people can, you know, come out and not only enjoy the beautiful course and the beautiful weather, but, you know, they, this running community in Minnesota is pretty tight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I heard, I hear my name along the entire course and not very often anymore. Do I get to hear my name yeah. shouted? And that was one of the things that I loved about being a competitor was hearing the crowd or hearing my parents or my, my teammates cheer for me on the sidelines, things like that. So it kind of brings me back to why I love this sport when I run that race. So I think I'm trying to run it every year, although I do a lot of commentary for it as well. So sometimes they're like, can you do the commentary this year? And I'm like, I don't know. I like, I'd rather just run my legs that time than my mouth. I run my mouth all, all the rest of the year. <laughs> you, you should, you should do like a mile of commentary. They give you a, a, a mic at mile eight and you yeah. just, talk about it and then give it back at mile nine. Hey, we could do that. They're, they do that at the New York City Marathon every now and then. So, oh yeah. Yeah, we could do that. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so the 2004 Olympics, Athens, Greece, what was it like to not only be on the Olympic stage, but be where it all started? Oh, it was so cool, Chris. I mean, right when we landed, that's when we saw like, you know, they had all the flags on the flag or on the light poles that said mm -hmm. welcome home and then when we got to the uh village it said welcome home like welcome back to athens where it all began and so you know i i feel very lucky that i got to be in athens 
my husband's an architect, so he's studied a lot of Athens oh, wow. and Greece, and he's he had been over there studying, um, you know, years before. So it was kind of cool even for him too to know the history and to know like the the stadium and all that fun stuff. And yeah, I mean, it was my one and only Olympic Games. I ended up getting pneumonia before 2008's mm. um, Olympic trials, and it took me out. It was three weeks before, and I couldn't run for I think it was eight days. I didn't run. So when mm. I went to the trials, I was a mess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just the best. My mom and dad, my sisters, their husbands, my husband, they all made it over there. And, you know, in time, like in life, sometimes we wait and we say, well, I was pretty young and I had, you know, hope to make two Olympic teams. And there could have been a chance that my my sisters would have said, you know what, we'll wait for the second time around. And it was really crazy how I made the team. So we were, you know, not quite sure I was going to go all this stuff. And I'm just so thankful they all went because life happens, as you know, better than anyone. Yeah. And um, I didn't make it again. So really, really awesome opportunity. That That is just remarkable that you were at the Olympics where it all started and you had that chance to relive history. Mm. You know, um, I guess, is there one moment that really sticks in your mind? Other, you know, I know you said you had your family there, but is there one memory you always come back to when you think about the uh those olympics oh i have so many like cool memories but memories of people like reminding me that i was actually there you know the first time i we we went to this it was like a practice facility to get our uniforms mm -hmm. and um i was with one of rulon gardner who is a, a wrestler from yep. iowa so he's like one of the midwesterners his sparring partner, I think is what you call them. Well, anyway, they bring yep. over people to train with them. And he was with me on this bus and I was going in to get some gear and I saw Rulon because he was meeting Rulon. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know him. Like <laughs> he's an Olympian. I said that out loud. And his, <laughs> his training partner said, Carrie, so are you. And you will be for the rest of your life. Mm. And I think in that moment, like I just sort of forgot, like, where I was, all my hard work that I had done finally, like it all came together at the right time. And um, that was pretty special. But at the opening ceremonies were so cool because that's where it really sinks in that you're there. You know, that was our first time onto the track that mm -hmm. we had the pro basketball players behind us. LeBron James was behind me and wow. tears were rolling down his eyes, much like they were mine and everyone else's. And in that moment, it was pretty cool to see how proud we were to be representing the US, but also how almost like just a breath of fresh air that we had gotten there. It's a lot of pressure to make that team. And not only is it outside pressure, but internal pressure. And, you know, you're worn out. You really are. You're worn out by the time you get there. But, mm -hmm. you know, no complaints. It's all worth it. It's just almost like, wow, I now I you can't you can't let yourself or you can't let that guard down when you get there. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like it's really here when you put that uniform on and you walk out. That's yeah. that was a moment I'll never forget. Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, taking in what you had said about the uh, the sparring partner saying that you're an Olympian mm -hmm. because we we achievers we are so we're on ourselves all the time to do it to to work hard to you know make that next goal. 
that sometimes we have a hard time taking it in and saying, you know what? I did do it. Yeah. I am here. You know, I think about, uh, I just earned my uh, first degree black belt in Taekwondo. And I think about, you know, sometimes I have to think about, wow, I don't have to keep thinking about what I will do when I get it. I have it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good to sit back and not revel in our accomplishments, but just take a little pride and, hey, you know what? I did that. Mm-hmm. I worked hard and I achieved that. And no one can take that from me. Yeah, it's so true. I don't think we celebrate enough in life. You know, Um, I think that's why that makes us so hungry and excited to get back out there is because we are hard on ourselves and we do want to see if we can be better. And, you know, whether it's make more money, run faster, whatever it is, we're always kind of trying to be better. But my agent one time who was also a world class 800 meter runner, you know, he said, enjoy some of these moments because they come and go fast. And if you don't take the time, you know, but he also said we're, there are very few moments that you actually want to celebrate. So that was a moment I celebrated for sure. And I continue to celebrate it because anytime I like am introduced or I, you know, intro my podcast, I'm like, I'm Olympian Carrie Tullison and I love it every time. It's so fun (laughs) to say. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, you just, you live it. Go, I mean, go for it. You yeah. so many, so few can say that. Yeah. And you yeah, work hard It's like mom too. and wife, you know, you have these, yeah. these few labels in life and that one I'm proud of much less, you know, like I love just, there's a few labels that are, are really cool in life. Daughter, sister, wife, mom, and Olympian. Yep, exactly. So uh, I'm very proud of you and for you. And, Thanks. but there was a point where you almost didn't have that chance. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you, there was a scare in college. Would you mind telling us about that? Yeah. You know, I was pretty, um, I didn't have many injuries going into college. And then I just had a couple things, random things. I had a hernia, which was, you know, it wasn't an overuse. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have my first stress fracture my sophomore year in the spring. And I had a little tiny one on the fourth metatarsal of my foot. And so when I went in to have that x-rayed, they found a big hole or tumor. They didn't know at the time if it was filled with fluid or um, liquid or whatever you want to say. And so um, that was the, like I said, right at this in the spring of my sophomore year. So they let me run NCAAs that year. Okay. Because I had only had like, I think, I think it was like 10 week, 10 days before NCAAs that we found this stress mm-hmm. fracture in this hole. And they said, you know, if you break your foot, it's, it's a small enough bowl and you'll be back, but we have to watch this hole or this mass or tumor, whatever is in your heel. So they kind of, they didn't brush it off, but I think they let me just be this young, very fit, excited athlete for the next 10 days. And then we yeah. got back and they said, okay, we got to watch this. And, um, they watched it all through the fall of the next year. So my junior year, and I was able to run the NCAA cross country meet. And because things were going so well for me, I do think my doctors were nervous enough, maybe more silently that this could be career ending mm-hmm. and maybe even, even more um, life-threatening. So I think they were concerned. And so they let me go a little bit. We watched it. We took um, 
we took imaging of it every six weeks. And after I won my very first NCAA cross country championship, they then went back in, looked at it, and they saw there was a little change in how the tumor looked. Mm. So that's when they said we have to do the surgery. So I ended up having to schedule the surgery. It was actually February 2nd. I'll never forget that day because that day is an important day for me. But they put donor bone in my heel, filled it. They found mm. that the tumor had dried up. So I was, I was cancer free. Thank goodness. They tested everything, but had I run on that for much longer, I would have shattered my heel and that would have been most likely career ending because you can't really put together. They said it would have gone through like ax does wood. Mm -hmm. That's what my heel bone would have done or my ankle bone would have done to my heel. It would have totally shattered it. So we're really, I mean, I was really blessed to have found it through this small little stress fracture that I had, that was a pretty big deal. And, you know, lots of emotions came with it. We didn't know if it was cancer. We didn't know if I was going to get back to running. And uh, I came back and won four more NCAA championships and um, went on to live a life of, you know, professional running. So it was really, it was a scary time, but also a really good, like eye opener for me too. Now, really quick, how has your, outlook uh, change because of that? Well, first and foremost, I forever have been a donor now. I mean, I didn't realize how important being a donor is um, until I had this. Like I, my heel was saved, yes, but actually my life was saved in a way that I'm able to use my God-given talent and I've been able to use it. I mean, this individual that passed and donated portions of their body, I have I was a recipient of that. And I went on to run the Olympics and do all these other amazing things. So yeah, it's, it was life changing. It's very important. It reminds me every day when I look at, I have a tiny scar, not like your scars. I have a tiny scar, but when I see that scar, I'm like, it was pretty powerful what this individual did for me. Yeah. I mean, you never want to say, I'm so glad I had that stress fracture, but at the same time, it, really clued you in obviously on what a bigger issue was yeah. did they i mean maybe i missed it did they ever fi- figure out what exactly it was that that tumor no you know it could have just been a void when i was um i grew a ton uh from i think it was sixth to eighth grade and mm-hmm. you can get these voids in your bones when you grow a lot and so mm-hmm. it could have just been that it could have been there since i was you know when i was born i could have had it um, just developed over time, but yeah, I mean, it did hurt. There was no reason for me to even know it was there besides the fact that I had this little crack in the front of my foot. And, you know, like I said, they, they were very concerned after the surgery that had I gone much longer, it would have totally wrecked my foot. So I'm very thankful that we found it. And, you know, I, I remember speaking after one time and I, it still bothers me that I said it, but I didn't know I was saying anything wrong. I was talking about uh, cadaver bone because that's how the doctor spoke to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, we're going to use cadaver bone to fill your heel and do this and that. We're not going to use your bone because that could be, you know, um, you could have pain in the area for forever, for a long time, whatever. Um, and somebody came up to me after and they were so nice, but they said, Hey, remember, this is a donor that gave you not just a cadaver. And that took a lot of guts for somebody to come up and say in the way that they did. It was very respectful. And I just, you know, think if anyone has the opportunity to be a donor, it, it can change a life. 
it does change lives. Yeah. I mean, you are living proof of that. And so many other people are, and mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're right. That was brave of that person to, to point that out, but I also applaud them for being respectful yes, and, and understanding that you were, you just misspoke and yeah. you, you spoke, you didn't, I mean, it's not like you were ignorant, no. but you just didn't know the correct term. And I was like 23 years old, just, you know, just a couple years removed from the surgery and really was just repeating what my doctor said, but I was thankful because I spoke a lot. I still speak a lot and I don't want to, you know, say something that's disrespectful in that way. Yeah. Especially to a family of someone yeah. who became a donor. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, so you said that you were in a, on a podcast and in case uh, anyone may not know what that podcast is about, could you please tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have a podcast called See Tolly Run. I started as a YouTube channel and then as it evolved in podcasting, got a little bit more popular maybe than YouTube, which now YouTube seems like it might be even more popular than podcasting. I don't know. You can't win. It goes but back and forth. It goes back and forth. But um, yeah, see Tolly Run is, is where the podcast is. And we went to it because we wanted to start doing some running podcasts where we actually went for runs with our with our guests. And we've done a number of those until COVID hit. And then I decided we better not be doing that, you know, stay safe. But yeah, I've loved it. I've had everyone from you know, the elite athletes to, um, you know, athletes that are just learning how to run to great stories like yours. Um, you know, just, we've had some amazing guests and I can't even tell you, I think we started in 2016. I'm not quite sure what episode we're on right now, but, um, been a really cool journey to be on. I I think that's, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. It was my pleasure and honor to do so. And I think that, you know, I really hope you get the chance to re restart the running with, you know, the running portion of the podcast, because I think so many people, they, they think of running as just a, just an exercise mm-hmm. or, or as, as some people I'm very close to think as torture, but <laughs> we, we, we won't name names, okay. but you know, it is actually sometimes cathartic. Yeah. And also, but also it's, it is, it's a dichotomy because at one point you, you run yourself, you're the only person who can make you run. But when you run with others, that is there, it's that shared experience that we're in this together. And then we're going to make it from A to B in as one group. And we're going to be able to share that for as long as we remember it. For sure. That's why I started doing it just because my favorite conversations are out on the run. You know, I mean, when you have or walk, it doesn't have to be necessarily just a run, but when you're out there and you're, you know, doing a good long run, I mean, the conversations go everywhere, right? Like you cover all kinds of topics. You might tell the same story every single time you're on a run, but for some reason they never get old. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I kind of started it. Plus, I just think when I was training and racing with my my friends and training partners, I feel like we dreamed so big on runs, you know, like the ideas that came to mind and even just like what we wanted to do with our careers or, you know, if we were going to have families, just these conversations that, you know, are just different. So it it was really fun to start that. And I think that's what people have heard. It's, you can hear us breathing, you know, you, you might not run the same pace. It's not about the pace so much. It's just about getting out there and feeling like you're on a run with us. 
So yeah, I'll get them going again for sure. I've loved it. I just can't do it when it's a negative nine out too. Oh my gosh. Oh, come so on. Cool. You can bu- you can bundle oh, up. My mouth doesn't work anymore in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some. Gabe Grunold and I actually, who you and I talked about. I love everything about that woman and she's in heaven now. Um, but she and I had a really cool podcast on the run, one of our last ones together. So if you guys want to check one out, check that one out because she's got an amazing story and her spirit lives on. And mm-hmm. we were so cold though, our mouths were <laughs> totally frozen. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask what your one of your favorite runs was. I think that one of Gabe definitely qualifies. Yeah, you know, special moments out on the run with with any of your training partners. But I cherish those those conversations that she and I had when we went on those runs and we taped it. We also had a we did some YouTubing, like I said, and mm-hmm. we we were making a steak salad that was one of her favorites, and we did oh, yeah. it at my mom and dad's um, condo, and we taped it. And we have all these outtakes because we were chatting so long that we forgot about the steak and it started to smoke. (laughs) So she and I had a blast on our show. I just, I just for one day would love to just be able to chat with her one more time. Yeah. But that's beautiful that you have that memory and, and that podcast you could always relive. We do. We, we, we talk about it a lot. So besides the podcast, what else is going on in your world? I do a lot of broadcast work. Um, so I'm, you know, doing some indoor track stuff right now and the road racing will pick back up soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I work with ESPN and NBC, ABC, all the USATF.TV. So I'm at like New York City Marathon, Chicago Marathon, um, the USA track and field events and things like that. So I do that. I'm also a national fitness director for Moms on the Run. So awesome. I um, oversee all the training programs. We just had a huge running retreat in Florida last weekend, which is really cool. And um, work with Wellbeats. I do some, Wellbeats is a health and fitness company that we do. Our, my channel is the Strides channel and I give you workouts and you can follow it on your treadmill. Mm-hmm. So you can fo- watch me run with you. I mean, I just do a little bit of everything, Chris. I'm in this this world of running and I don't want to get out of it. But, you know, for a long time, I thought I had to run really fast to stay in it. Now I just run my mouth. You know what? (laughs) Whatever keeps you running. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, that's fantastic. And I love that in this uh, world of technology, we're able to have that flexibility to do all these different things and, and connect with people in a way that we really didn't have before. Yeah, it's so true. You know, and even if we can take something good out of the pandemic, like we're learning that, you know, people like things online or they might not, but it's a good option. So yeah, yeah. life is good. It is indeed. As, as long as you have that, that proper perspective. Yeah. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and, and try to get one of those workouts or just say hi? Yeah. I mean, I'm an open book, like I've said, or if I didn't say it here. I am saying it now, <laughs> um, but you can always DM me at, you know, Carrie Tellison on Instagram or at face on Facebook. I also have my podcast, see Tolly run and you can email us there. You can email me through Carrie Um, I haven't had my youth camp for the past couple of years and I don't think I'm going to have it again this year, but if you, if you go to the website there, you'll be able to email me directly. So I used to have an agent. Now it's all me. So I'm, okay. you know, I'll get back in touch as fast as I can. Awesome. And so, you know, Carrie, I'm a gratitude guy. And so I like to ask people, what is something that you are grateful for that maybe in a 
couple of years ago that you would have never have thought, hey, I really appreciate that? Oh, great question. You know, a couple of years ago, I think that to be honest, it sounds silly, but for me, I'm just so thankful for my health and my my run. You know, when I a couple of years ago, I think I valued the run, but with the kids being home last year and Charlie did not stop work, he was out of the house every day except for four days. That was my 20 or 30 minutes of just feeling alive. You know, I mean, I, I enjoy being with the kids as much as I possibly can, but I just needed like 20 minutes a day just to get outside and breathe and, and then come back to the crazy work and, you know, school issue that we had last year. So I, as, as kind of boring as that answer is, I'm going to say the wrong. No, it, it, it truly resonates with me because again, like we said before, if I don't run, I get cranky, Yes. but at the same time, it's self-care it and we need to, you know, normalize the thought that self-care isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. Yep. And it just makes like eating more fun. And, mm -hmm. you know, like if, for me, if I get out and get up and get the, the run done in the morning, my whole day is better. Yes. I just feel accomplished. I don't know. It's just a, I love it. And I love days off too. You know, mm. I don't run every day. I probably run five days a week, but when I get in those five days, I'm like, Oh, now I'm okay with taking a couple days off. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Carrie, I have one more question for you. And that is what is your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> I knew you're going to ask it. And I don't know if I, 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 I really like the alligators and I know that they aren't necessarily dinosaurs, but I am obsessed with alligators. Okay. And then I Googled the fastest dinosaur and I was going to throw it back at you and see if you knew what one it was. Oh, uh, let's see. It starts with a D. Dionychus? No. Nope. Dionychus? No. Nope. Well, according to this website that I found. Okay. And, okay. I'm giving you another hint. It's a really famous airline. Oh my goodness. Delta? Yes. Deltasaurus? It's a Delta Drami Delta Demius or something like Delta that. Delta Demius. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, actually I haven't. I'm, I'm a little ashamed because I used to be a huge dinosaur fanatic. Well, watch, it's not even, it doesn't even exist. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, he's gonna ask this. I want to know which one's the fastest. Yeah. And I have never heard of it. No, you haven't either. So maybe I made it up. But there you go. Maybe if yeah, I can we'll go, go with the modern day, it would be the alligator because okay. I am seriously obsessed. And if you listen to any of my podcasts, especially Corey McGee's, she's okay. an Olympian in the 1500 from this year's Olympics. Mm -hmm. She and I go way in depth about alligators. Oh, wow. Yeah. So do you, uh, do you watch any of the uh, Disney plus Marvel series? Yeah, I mean, if the boys are watching some things, yes. Okay. But I, well, if you if you ever watch the show Loki, okay, there is an alligator Loki. Oh well, we might have to watch that. Yeah, but we, I would I would screen it first because it, he he gets kind of vicious. He bites off the hand of another Loki. Is it worse than Jurassic Park? Because we oh no 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 yeah we've watched that before and that okay is it's it's, it's not as not as bloody as Jurassic Park so you should okay. be good but it's funny. Yeah, we like to watch some of those. You know. I can't even think of the names of them right now, but the alligator guys in Florida or wherever yep. they are and okay. you know, they're saving them and being nice to them, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. 
Well, Carrie, thank you for your not unconventional answer. I don't think I've had alligator yet. So there you go. If you Google you go. alligator, it says like they're connected. Dinosaurs and alligators. They're oh, related. I, I don't. I don't. Disc- I don't. Not believe you. So <laughs> we'll go with it. Okay. Well, Carrie, it's been an honor and a pleasure once again to connect with you. I look forward to doing it in the future. But thanks so much for being on Scar Bears with me. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Definitely. And so, folks, if you want to reach out to Carrie. All her information is in the show notes or just check out see Tolly Run. It's fantastic. She does a great job of helping us regular people connect with world-famous runners and just feel that lovely running community because it is all of us as long as, you know, you consider yourself a part of it. So please check her out. Please uh, check out my website, uh, chrisdtgordon.com. If you want to connect and start strengthening your gratitude, positivity, resilience, let's connect that way and create a community of gratitude as well. Let's just create all the communities Mm -hmm. that are positive and loving and make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Well, folks, thanks so much for being here with me. Please like, share, subscribe these messages of hope and inspiration. And so we can make uh, other people, again, feel as a part of a community. Are you noticing a theme here? So folks, one more time, thank you so much for being here with me. Please have a great day. And remember, the pass on perfection and go for greatness. <laughs>